I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? This is How Do We Fix It? I'm Jim Meggs. I'm I'm Richard Davies. Jim, on this show, we're risking it all. It's a high-wire act. Welcome to our 2018 predictions episode. A forecast of what's to come in politics, the economy, tech, and global trends. And these are predictions of what we think will happen, not necessarily what we want to happen. Right. We also asked a lot of our friends of the show, listeners, and many of our former guests to pitch in with some ideas of their own. And we'll actually include some of those. So, Jim, we're here with our trusted bell, which we will use to cut ourselves off and make ourselves a little briefer. <laughs> so let's get started with politics. President Trump. Yeah, who's deeply unpopular, around 37% at year's end uh, approval rating, which is really low for the end of a first year of, of any presidency. But here's our first prediction. What's well, mine, actually, which is in 2017... We were shocked by Trump. In 2018, we'll get a little bit more used to him and that his approval rating will start to inch up. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think two things are happening. One, he's lowered the bar so much in terms of style that things that would be controversial with other presidents, we barely notice anymore. You know, the, 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 the rude, offensive tweets and stuff. On the other hand, certainly for people who look at this from a more conservative point of view, they're pretty happy with most of what he's done. And it hasn't been so crazy and radical. The things that actually get implemented as opposed to the things he talks about. Yeah, but the stuff that's driven down his opinion ratings, especially among independents, are the outrageous stuff. Um, His response to Charlottesville, putting white supremacists on the same plane as those who came out to to oppose them. And then his support for Roy Moore in Alabama was pretty awful. And then the crude attacks on African-American football players. Right. All that stuff. No, I'm agreeing with that. But I'm saying he does that kind of stuff so often that it's having less of a negative effect than it used to or that it would with any more, you know, quote unquote, normal president. Another prediction, U.S. influence and power in the world will be in retreat in 2018. The Trump administration is failing to use diplomacy to solve disputes and improve conditions for America and the world. 
U.S. withdrawal from TPP, the Asian Trade Agreement, the Paris Climate Accord, and the Global Migration Pact, as well as the downsizing of the State Department is going to make the U.S. weaker. China will be stronger. And on North Korea, the true wild card in world affairs, Chinese President Xi Jinping will avoid a war over the North's nuclear weapons program. But war and its hugely tragic results Still a possibility. The likelihood is made worse by Donald Trump's reckless behavior. So let's look ahead to uh, 2018 with with the elections and bring in the views of a couple of listeners. Joan says that the Republicans will unfortunately continue to rule the House and Senate after the 2018 elections because Democrats will be unwilling to cast aside their old leaders, uh, think Nancy Pelosi and and Chuck Schumer, uh, and create a new vision for themselves uh, that is more than we're not Trump. Um, Laurie says Democrats will retake the House and Senate. Um, Trump will not be strictly to blame. The Republican Party, she says, is massively disorganized. So two different predictions there. I'll throw in mine, which is I think that the Senate will be 50-50 with the casting vote going to Vice President Pence and that the Democrats will actually retake the House. Okay. I have a prediction, and that is that in 2018, people will start to talk about our ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, former uh, governor of South Carolina, as being a future U.S. president. Yeah, she's one of the very few women of real power in the Trump administration, and her star has been rising. I agree with you. Okay, let's look at the Mueller investigation. Yeah, uh, the the, the, uh, Mueller investigation is going to issue its findings. Sherry, one of our listeners, says it will show lots of wrongdoing, but not collusion with the Russians. Do you agree? I, I totally agree with that. I think that I don't think there was really organized systematic collusion. I don't think they were organized enough for that kind of behind-the-scenes conspiracy. Yeah, because I think the Trump campaign in 2016 was a mess. It was a mess, but I think they'll find a lot of sort of sketchy dealings around the edge they already have. And when you bring in people like Manafort and Flynn, these kind of wacky outsiders with way too many irons in the fire, with way too many countries, they will find stuff. People will get charged. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of mid-level people actually go to jail. One thing, though, that may really haunt Trump are his business dealings. Exactly. They will continue to be a problem for him, and it may be that the Mueller investigation uncovers some wrongdoing and some shady stuff there. I'd be surprised if they don't. And still with politics, one of the biggest changes in 2017 really was the power of the women's movement, Me Too, and the explosive reaction to wrongdoing by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, we were on that story actually right as it was happening, interviewing Ann Thompson, the veteran Hollywood journalist, and it has only grown and spread since then. Now, our producer, Miranda Schaefer, has a prediction around this, and She's concerned it will grow into a backlash that any time a movement gets too big, it starts spawning a negative reaction. My prediction is that this movement will continue to grow and will have a huge impact on politics going into the 2018 uh, midterm election. The Democrats have already decided almost ruthlessly, something the Republicans are are more known for, where they are going to be the party of rectitude on this issue, and they're going to represent uh, women who are accusing men of wrongdoing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. But I do think, I think there'll be a backlash. Some of it will be will be just we need to bring more discipline and distinguish it between the really horrible Harvey Weinstein things and the semi-horrible, say, Al Franken things. But I think that backlash will really begin the day Al Franken steps down from the Senate.
Okay. Well, I, I disagree, but, but there you go. That's, that's the nature of prediction. Another thing that's different is that a lot more people are believing the women who've come out and accused men of wrongdoing. And it's about time. Related to the Me Too movement, another prediction. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos's controversial changes to the Title IX program and how it, it pushes schools to adjudicate harassment claims on campus, that will all turn out to be a whole lot less controversial once people see it in action. We talked to Jeannie Sook Gerson of Harvard Law School about this. She makes a passionate case that we do need to have due process. It is possible to listen to the victims and empower them to come forward, but still give everyone involved the rights that, that all citizens of this country should have. You're such an optimist, Jim. I didn't well, realize I how am. sunny you are. Well, <laughs> on some topics. Let's move to tech. Our guest, uh, Jeff Cologne, author of Disruptive Marketing, emailed us with a really interesting uh, prediction. Yeah, he said, people are tired of how noisy the world has become. So Jeff says he sees more people uh, deleting apps from their phones and spending less time on Twitter and other sites. Uh, This means more attention to the people in front of them instead of being a slave to devices using platforms that don't add any intrinsic value. I'm going to make a related prediction, and, it's, and it follows from something he said, is this will be the year that the backlash against the big tech monopolies, especially Google and Facebook, really catches fire. It's been building for several years, more in Europe than the U.S., but now people are really recognizing just how much power they have, how threatening that is to our freedoms, how it's even shaping the way we think. And it's long overdue to give these companies more scrutiny. Yeah, I think that actually the, the much maligned European Union is, is, is a positive force in this and is continuing to issue more rulings and is getting more adventurous in going after uh, some of the big tech firms. We'll see right. more of that. The cynic in me says that as long as these guys were more or less aligned with the liberal consensus and the Obama presidency, nobody paid a lot of attention. Now that they think that that some of these algorithms might have played a role in helping get Trump elected, it's finally getting the attention it should have deserved all along. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair point. Okay, another prediction. 2018 will be the year that the tide turns for nuclear power around the world. After Fukushima in 2011, we saw countries shutting down their nuclear plants. Japan shut down all their plants. But then their carbon emissions went up. And we, we interviewed Michael Schellenberger, the leader of the movement known as eco-modernism. And he really explained the case for nuclear power and um, and arguing that a lot of these older plants, we need to keep them open at least until other sources of energy come along. I'll make a prediction, and that is that there will be some softening in the Trump stand over the environment. The, the Trump administration will begin to see the error of its ways on pulling out of the Paris Climate Pact and also standing up for coal and for uh, other forms of fossil fuel. I'm going to go the other way. The, the Paris Climate Pact is mostly a PR thing. The countries that are signatories are seeing their CO2 emissions grow up. Germany's CO2 emissions are going up dramatically right now, despite all their investments in supposedly green energy. They're burning more coal today than they were 10 years ago. So I think, that's, I think that pulling out of the Paris Accord was symbolically bad, but effectively not so bad, and that U.S. will actually be one of the leaders in the world in, in controlling CO2 emissions, not because of this White House, but simply because... Fracking natural gas is replacing dirty coal. 
We've had a growing debate, and we've reflected it on our show with several episodes on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Dr. Joe Habush of MD Calc was a guest on How Do We Fix It? And his prediction is AI in medicine will be brought to new levels, replacing some aspects of how doctors make decisions, and will create a new set of requirements that make a good physician someone who can apply such tools to treat their patients best. His broader point is that advances in artificial intelligence will continue and they will change medicine, as indeed they'll change other fields. But instead of replacing doctors with robots, it'll make doctors better at what they're doing. And I think that's been a message of several of our guests across the board. These tools make people better at their jobs. They replace more rote or routine jobs with more high-level, more analytical work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jim, another prediction? On the economy, I think it will continue to be strong and that the tax bill will not be nearly as unpopular in 2018 as it is now. Uh, One reason why, it will prompt more growth and that businesses will report higher profits. And while uh, businesses often get a rough ride and people feel that they're out there just simply salting away profits for themselves, some of that will will help the economy. You know what's funny is all the people who were upset that the Supreme Court supposedly said businesses are people, when it comes to the tax cuts, they're acting like businesses are people, evil people who are going to hoard all of this, these windfalls, when in fact companies are the people who buy their products, who work for them, and who invest in them. So there's no such thing as a corporation in and of itself hoarding this money, it is shared by everybody who's involved with the company. Anyone who has a 401k, anyone invested in the stock market. On the other hand, there'll be more concern about the debt, which is a subject which has not got nearly enough play over the past few years. The rise in federal debt that's partially the result of this very mixed tax bill that to me has a few good provisions, but a bunch of bad ones. And one of them is exploding the U.S. federal debt. I'd like to do a show on that in 2018. Yeah, we should. I think it's going to be a bigger deal than it is I, now. Nothing like a Republican in the White House to get people to focus on the debt. <laughs> there you go. Brian Hamilton of SageWorks, chairman of the financial analytics firm, is a friend of this show and a listener, and he says uh, that there will be a recession in 2018. The last recession, says Brian, was 2009. The average expansionary economy is just four and a half years in the U.S. Uh, Brian points to a slower rate of loans to small businesses that create most jobs in the U.S. So that's a cloud on the horizon. Most people aren't seeing it. Brian, I don't agree with you, but 
Who knows? At the end of next year, you may prove to be right. It's got to happen eventually. And my father, the economist, always noted that the stock market tends to really shoot up just before a recession. And it's really shot up in 2017. Yeah. Peter Coy says the U.S. trade deficit will get bigger, not smaller, in 2018. This is a near certainty, says Peter, who was a guest on our show. He's a journalist with Bloomberg Businessweek. And Peter says that uh, the U.S. savings rate isn't nearly enough to finance needed domestic investment. Tax cuts will make the shortfall bigger, he says. I would say... I don't see why letting people keep more money hurts the savings rate. It seems it would help it, but I— It depends uh, which kind of people are allowed to keep more money, and if it's skewed more towards the wealthy than the poor, then that may not necessarily improve the savings rate that those, much. Those are the people who do save money and invest money. Well, um, we'll see. And eight, over 80% of people are going to get something out of this tax cut, so— uh, and. Rich people pay most of the taxes. So, you know, the idea that the benefits all go to the rich people, well, they pay most of the taxes. So to some extent, that's hard to avoid in a tax cut. Obviously, if you want to see all that money taken from rich people and given to poorer people, that sounds bad. But if you're worried about things like investment and the savings rate, it's not all bad. Another prediction, we will continue to be haunted by a debate over people losing health care coverage. Uh, the question of inequality will continue to be a raging issue for 2018 and for the uh, midterm elections. And I think that Megan McArdle, who we interviewed way before Trump got elected, she was prescient about what was going to happen in this whole health care situation, which is that Obamacare is pretty much baked in the cake. It can never be fully uh, repealed, and we're just going to muddle through. Yeah, I think it's going to be worse than that, Jim. I think that the uh, uh, decision to drop the mandate, to drop the requirement for people to have insurance by the Republicans, will further weaken the health care system, and a lot of people will be thrown off health care coverage as a result. Well, that doesn't throw people off health care. That allows people to voluntarily not buy insurance they but don't want. But if you have people who are voluntarily not buying insurance, it weakens the health care system as a whole. Right. Obamacare was based on charging young people more than they should have to pay to subsidize old people. Um, and, and if the young people opt out, we need to come up with a better system. Prediction for 2018, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. We're going to muddle through. It's going to be a mess for the rest of our lives. And by the way, it was before Obamacare. Obamacare, in my view, just took a bad system, made it worse. And the Republicans will probably make it even worse after that. From that gloomy note, let's go to a, a sunny prediction by Michael Shermer, who is the founder of the Skeptic Society, editor-in-chief of Skeptic Magazine. He has a new book coming out in 2018. That's a prediction we can bank on. Uh, Michael, I think, will be back on our show shortly. And he says he predicts 2018 will be the best year ever as measured by health Longevity, medicine, technology, science, and culture. Michael says we will continue to see the decline of violence across the board. Crimes, assaults, homicides, etc. And the number of people killed in wars will also decline. Poverty will continue its plummet into the dustbin of history. Yeah. I mean, this is so contrary to how so many people see the world and what's so important. You know how I always say that we catastrophize the present and we romanticize the past, right? So really looking accurately at poverty around the world, health around the world. The gains that have been made in the last 20 years are absolutely staggering. It's important sometimes to turn off the news, turn off the pessimism, the negativity, and recognize all the ways that we have made progress. He says, more people in more places, more of the time will enjoy civil rights and liberties, more prosperity, better diets, 
bigger homes, more free time, better working conditions. It's time to sometimes step back and acknowledge that that's true and that his prediction is it will continue in 2018. I think Michael's I think Michael makes a really good point on much of what he's saying, but I don't agree with him on everything. Prediction for 2018, longevity rates will slow. In other words, we will not see people living longer in the U.S., and we also will will see a slowdown in the improvement for the number of people living longer in other countries as well. We're already beginning to see that. I think that trend is likely to continue. And the idea that poverty is going into the dustbin of history, poverty is often a relative term. I mean, if you have a black and white TV in a society where most people have color, you're poor, um, even though you have a TV, whereas, whereas your grandparents didn't know what television was. Richard, nobody has a black and white TV. You're, if you have no, no, a 35 no, inch TV easy. and somebody else has a 60 okay. inch TV, are you okay. poor? If you have three air conditioners and somebody else has central air conditioning, but I think are a lot of people poor? still don't have air conditioning, and and there there are the, actually the, the, in this the whole country problem of, that's, of, that's simply not true. Well, there are poor people. But I think and, the real and issue. There are people who are who go hungry every night in the United States. I think poverty re- is still a big problem. We definitely still have poverty. But I, I think that the real issue isn't so much the relative poverty. It's the dysfunctions that come with poverty. The real driver of this is the opioid crisis. We did a great interview with Sam Quinones, the author of Dreamland, about the opioid epidemic issue he's been covering for years. My prediction, we're not going to grapple with this effectively in 2018. Hopefully we'll make some progress, but this is a generational problem. Yeah, and the rates of death from opioid abuse continue to go up and are really shockingly high and things will not get better in 2018. On a lighter note, there's the royal family, Richard. There is. As as our resident Brit, you should have a special expertise here. Quite. Well, I... (laughs) Sherry has a special expertise, our listener, and she says uh, we will lose at least one member of the royal family, most likely Prince Philip. I guess that's not so much lighter. (laughs) (laughs) True. And and, and Queen Elizabeth, she says, will abdicate the throne shortly after her husband's death, giving the crown to Prince Charles, but only for a limited amount of time. That's her prediction. Here's mine. When Prince Charles exceeds to the throne, he will last for at least 20 years. He will not be a placeholder, despite what people are suggesting. One thing that is interesting to me, that people are so fascinated by the royal family. I mean, one of the huge successes on TV has been The Crown on Netflix. Um, I really couldn't care less about the royal family. (laughs) But so many people could. It's amazing. And my final prediction for the show, fascination with the royals will continue and even even reach a fervor in the spring of 2018 with another royal wedding, American Meghan Markle. uh, Really going out on a limb here. (laughs) (laughs) Marrying Prince Harry. Yeah, actually, as somebody who's a huge critic of of hereditary royal classes. The fact that a member of the royal family is marrying an American, a biracial woman, I just think could not be any more cool. Uh, One final forecast from Alice Dreger, who was a guest on our show. You introduced us to Alice, Jim. Alice wrote, I think, one of the best books of the past year, uh, Galileo's Middle Finger, about her travails being criticized for some of her work in the field of sexuality as an academic. But she manages to do all this with a great sense of humor, and I think her, uh, her prediction kind of sums that up. Yeah, her prediction is pleasure will be reintroduced to sex. 
Did it ever go away? <laughs> On that happy note. It's How Do We Fix It. I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And before you roll all the credits, Richard, I just want to say what a fantastic year it's been working with you, with Miranda, some really amazing guests this year, and especially our community of How Do We Fix It listeners. Your involvement is so important to us. Please uh, continue in the coming year. You know, go to iTunes, subscribe. Your comments, your ratings are so valuable, but especially... Let us know what you think, what you feel about the show, the topics you want to hear, and spread the word among your friends and social networks. Yeah, you can contact us by going to our website, uh, howdowefixit.me. And we're setting up a hashtag on Twitter, hashtag fixitpredictions. We'd love to hear your predictions for 2018, and we'll share them with the rest of the universe. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.